Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank calling you with another episode of The Remnant Call. And I know normally The Remnant Call is on Thursday nights, but uh, last night we were supposed to have Brother David Murray. Um, his brother, um, they've been suffering, his, some of his family members, with the COVID virus. And um, his brother's oxygen level had dropped down quickly and severely, but um, we prayed and God has turned him back around, and we thank the Lord for it. So we'll get him back on here soon. And um, so we decided to have a special program tonight instead. I had a meeting with my with a missionary group that I belong to, and uh, reminded me last night of just how important, folks, it is to be in the mission field. And I know there's a mission field here in the United States, but uh, I'm not going to lie. My heart's in Africa, and I, I'm just even talking about the place just – Reminds me, God desires to reach people so much, and he is in the business of reaching people. But the problem we're running into right now is there's a war on the saints, and the saints are doing nothing. And so it's time that we get ready, we get prepared, and we get out and we begin to fight and do something about it. Well, tonight's guest is a special guest. You know him well, Brother Benjamin Baruch, and I am going to call Benjamin and get him on the phone with us here tonight. So if you would just stand by here with me for a moment and let me call Brother Benjamin and bring him on the line here. All right, I've got Brother Benjamin on here with us. Benjamin, are you there? I think I'm here. Well, praise the Lord Jesus. All right, praise God. Uh, thank you, Benjamin, for coming on tonight. And um, yeah. I was just speaking to the, sharing with the audience that there's a war going on. But unfortunately, many of the saints aren't doing anything about it. And it's sad, and there's persecution around many people, and we haven't seen anything in the United States yet. But the battle's raging worldwide, and it's beginning to start to come to our own homeland. And I know this is something that many have begun to start to suffer um, but the waves of attacks will get more. Um, but God doesn't want us to just sit by and do nothing about it. So, Benjamin, thank you for coming on tonight to share with us about the war that is going on and what, what can we do as saints, as believers, as remnant. Uh, I definitely don't consider myself a saint, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, what can we do? And so, Brother Please share with us, but if we could first open with a word of prayer and ask God to bless, I would appreciate it if you'd pray for us, Benjamin. Yeah, for sure. Okay, praise God. Lord, we gather together as your people. 
those of us that belong to you, Lord, and you know who are yours. We lift up holy hands, and Lord, we pray that you would speak tonight, that a word of truth that would edify, equip, and strengthen, and encourage, and also comfort your people would come forth, and that we would be granted wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and understanding that we would be prepared for the hour of testing that is soon at hand. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up this program. We pray that every word spoken would be according to the eternal counsel of Almighty God, spoken through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we submit this time to you, Lord Jesus, and pray that you would be glorified and that your people would be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, well, brother, please share. Yes. Pardon me? I said, please share with us. Wow. Yeah, war on the saints. I mean, the war is on. And um, we all knew this day would come. You know, what's amazing to me, Frank, is that some people just quite don't get it yet. <laughs> you know, they're... They're thinking we're going back to normal, <laughs> which is the deception of the enemy. It's the two steps of tyranny, you know, as the as the lockdown of the entire earth has has occurred. Right on the weekend of the beginning of the Chaldean calendar, March 22nd, the day of the Burning Man Feast, the third day of spring, they locked everybody in the oven or in their apartments and homes that will soon turn into ovens. And the pressure's on, and the heat is on, and it's only going to get hotter. But they're always going to be promising you relief. You know, two weeks from now, they're going to weigh, you know, they're going to reduce the pressure. And maybe they will for a brief window of time. But then, you know, the next event will occur and, and it'll be back to even more intense pressure we're not going back this is the day of the lord it's finally come if you can't see that well maybe you should open your eyes but yes war is coming war has already been released and frank people are dying a woman today in here in the united states her and her 11-year-old son jumped to their, suicide, to their suicide death, left behind an, a detailed note explaining they had been starving. No one would come. No one. They had no hope of help. They couldn't pay their rent. They couldn't buy groceries. They were absolutely destitute. And to, to stop the pains of starvation, they they jumped off a bridge to their death. In the third world, people are committing suicide. And this is only the beginning. The Chaldean deep state, who are monsters. These, these, are, these are satanic monsters. These are not people. Intend to now reduce, to cull the herd, to exterminate a huge quantity of people. And they actually plan intend even to start with the ones that are the greatest threat 
the one group that has any possible chance of stopping them. And that is exactly who we are. We're the people of God. Hallelujah. We are the people that have been called by the Lord for such a time as this and know they're not going to win. There's going to be a remnant that overcomes. And many will be lost in the battle. And we will get to a point in the great tribulation period where the scripture declares, blessed are they that die in the Lord. So um, you know, some of us won't be with us much longer. If we die in the Lord, we're blessed for eternity. But for those who are still here, we're going to carry forth the fight. No matter the cost, we're going to learn to fight. And that's one of the things we're going to get into tonight. We're going to do some spiritual warfare training. Hallelujah. The reason this is a part one is um, we're going to touch on this subject again in the very near future. Amen. Lord, lead us where you would want us to go. Uh, Frank, this morning I listened to a audio program, um, and I'm not going to name the name. Uh, some of you probably have already heard this program. Um, it's, it's sort of hit the circuit in the last 24 to 48 hours, um, and it's from an insider. And this program was recorded in 2019. This man was murdered shortly after the program. He was intending to reveal more information, and, and they killed him. They suicided him in his house uh, to silence him. Uh, but he was revealing tremendous details of what has happened and what is now happening. And, and um, I know what he has said is true because I understand what they've got planned next, and we're going to get into that. The satanic deep state has declared war on humanity and war on Christianity. And we are going to fight back. It's our duty. It's our privilege. It's our honor. Hallelujah. But let me go into just a summary, because this is going to be a bit of a, maybe a wake-up call. And, you know, some of you, if you've got small children in the room, you might want to turn the program off, come back and listen to the archive. Some of this is going to be upsetting to uh, maybe some of the kids. So maybe they shouldn't be listening. All right. The deep state, the Chaldeans, the satanic elite, um, have been monitoring the Christian right. They've been monitoring what calls itself the Christian remnant movement for many, many years. Uh, for much of that time, uh, they estimated that approximately one-half of 1% 1 of the American population was aware uh, significantly enough of the operations of the deep state, and, and in particular the nefarious satanic agenda, to be a potential threat. Um, over the last several years, there was a debate within the deep state of whether to try to ban and, and remove the content from the web. And some of that was done. There are, there are uh, programs that have been deleted. They've been, they've been buried. They've been you know, blacked out through search engines. You know, tons of truth got blacked out regarding uh, um, the true science regarding climate change, uh, the, the tremendous amount of uh, literally the, the – 
I, I don't even know what to call it, the Holocaust that has followed vaccination program of a number of the vaccines where hundreds of thousands of, of young girls were permanently disabled by Gardasil and, and on the obvious statistical uh, linkage between this um, hockey stick vaccine schedule that has just exploded and, and the you know 8,000 percent increase in rates of autism but they've covered all that up but they decided they, they that, that would not be the most appropriate response to the growing um, alternative media movement in which people have been coming forward and testifying of the truth of the satanic takeover of our, of our country and of what was coming next and what we could do about it. So they adopted an alternative strategy. They decided instead of, since they couldn't beat us, they would join us. And Jesus warned us, many will come in my name and deceive many. And for some reason, we, I don't know why, we just don't pay that close attention to the warnings of the Lord. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other. You know, people are absolutely amazed. You mean that new, super famous prophet lady that fell from the stars might not be a Christian? No, actually, she's a witch. You mean that the vast majority of all the watchmen were not sent by the Lord? No, they were not. They're called gatekeeper channels. They were actually sent by the deep state, by the Illuminati, by Satan. And the purpose was to gather names of people who are aware to create alternative truth-telling channels so that you couldn't tell the difference between the true voices the Lord sent and all of the counterfeit versions that were sent to appear as angels of light, but in fact were ministers of the darkness. Now, these gatekeeper channels are really disinformation channels. And I'm not going to name names, but they're some of the biggest ones. And the best, if you were to make a list of all of the Watchmen channels you can think of, and, you know, go search out all the people that are speaking on this subject. You could probably get a long list, 50, 100, whatever. The Lord told you many of them, many would come in his name, but would not be from the Lord. They would not be anointed with the Holy Spirit. They would not have a remote word from God. It would all be knowledge of good and evil, and it would be truth mixed in with disinformation and with error. And it would be the vast majority of them. So it's probably pretty simple if you actually stopped and thought about it for a moment. But these disinformation channels were designed to deflect people away from the real truth and to deflect people away from the scriptural commandments of what the remnant should be doing right now and instead focus everybody on the disinformation, which would cast, a, if you will, a net of confusion over the people. And that is essentially what they've done. Distributing mostly truth, they appear authentic. But at the same time, they also disseminate a mixture of confusing nonsense, which is irrelevant, yet for some reason has become the main focus 
among the people that are hoping to be found among the remnant. And as a result, the disinformation, the confusing nonsense is actually creating division and contention among the people that should be gathering together in solemn assemblies, praying and fasting. Instead, they're arguing about whether there's a real virus, whether it's just 5G, whether the Noahide laws are going to be used to persecute. They don't need to use anything. They're coming in the middle of the night, people. They're not going to use any laws at all. They're going to use the power of brute force. You know, and all the other, you know, disinformation, deceptions, the QAnon phenomena. Oh, that's right, sure. I read the book of Revelation. All the bad people get arrested and thrown in jail, and then Jesus returns. Wait a minute. No, that's not the book. Q, disinformation, psychological. It's an AI psyop program to regurgitate to the church what we wanted to hear. They took us for a bunch of fools. And the, mass, the vast majority of us have so far proved them correct. Well, we're going to put we're going to put the kibosh on that tonight and destroy some of these lies, and we're going to we're going to focus on the truth. But these disinformation channels, of which there are many, were designed to attract people to them so they could tra- tag you, track you, and identify you. They wanted to identify your email address. They wanted you to sign up. They wanted you to register. They wanted your information because they wanted a complete list of everybody that was awake. And some of these agents were actually paid to put out this truth, truth what appeared to be truthful information. You know, there's guys that are big in this Watchman circuit that are actually on the salary of the deep state. And they make some of the loudest noise. After having fully identified the church, they were then going to implement the second stage of their plans for what to do with this so-called remnant movement. That would definitely be a problem when they go to implement their new world order because, you know, these remnant Christian people don't really fit in in a world where everybody's required to take the mark of the beast. So we would have made a lot of noise, so they, they need to have us silenced before they move to that next stage. And by silencing us, they're planning on targeting us, targeting us directly for assassination through, through a number of means, including poisoning, also targeting us for arrest for alleged crimes, don't necessarily even have to be true. We could be framed. And ultimately targeting us for extermination execution. Targeting us for specific viral attacks, infections with far more powerful bioweapons. They plan to eliminate the remnant in various ways. The problem is this group has grown so large. People are waking up. The truth is out there and it's being found and understood. So there's a huge remnant group. And as a result, they've, they've created a plan to basically arrest and persecute and martyr what they hope to be the entire remnant. And it will be implemented during a time of civil chaos, during a time when 
There's food shortages. And during a time when the maximum heat of summer is causing the cities to boil over, and, and you know, that will be accentuated by power outages that are coming. A national outage for three days and then regional outages. And, and can you imagine? There's not going to be any beer because there's a shortage of CO2, and no doubt at some point they'll probably turn off the meds coming from China as well. And then they're going to turn up the heat and turn off the power. And we'll be in a, a summer lockdown with people sitting in their apartments at 110 degrees with no water, no cold drinks, no beer to self-medicate. Cities will erupt. No food or food shortages. We'll have riots. We'll have martial law. And then the operations will begin in the middle of the night. And they will come. And they will bust open your front door at 4 a.m. The people will awaken before they, they're even out of their beds. It'll be over. So harden up your front doors. There's a lot of truth-tellers that are part of this operation. Guys that you thought you could trust that are Freemasons, that are agents of the deep state, that are satanic multiples, don't even know they're being used. Others that are witches. There's huge quantities of witches that have come among us now. Oh, and they love to get lo loud, and oh, do they love to hear from the Lord for you? Oh, you bet they do. They're script writers that are, that are literally, literally feeding them their false prophetic words. This gentleman warned in 2019 that a flu outbreak would be used to start the crisis. He didn't know when, but he, he had identified that the takeover of the country had been scheduled for 2020 or 2021. Well, we know that it started in 2020, the 70th year of Babylon. And we know that actual takedown occurred on the first few days of the Chaldean New Year after the equinox of spring. And they're moving forward aggressively. We are not going backwards. This is all a satanic ritual. It is not a dry run. There will not be a recovery you're going to discover that the warnings you've been receiving are real. But the good news is we have time left to prepare, and there are many things that we can do, and we are going to get into that. Hallelujah. But they needed a cover story to lock down the nation, so the coronavirus was created. And their plan was to do all the countries of the world at the same time fascinating how they locked down virtually the entire globe between March 20 to 22nd. There were a few countries that straggled a day or two or three. Look it up on Wikipedia. Now I know they closed a few states a week or two early. I'm talking about the entire country being locked down. And those of you that recall beyond message that I had been pounding the table that this 2020 would mark the 70th year of America Babylon, the year of her demise, and I also had been declaring something huge was coming on March 22nd, that weekend. They had to start something, and so they did. They started the takeover of the world. 
ultimately the world government is going to rise out of a total financial collapse. And I'm talking about a complete financial meltdown. Six months or more of total financial chaos, food shortages, crime exploding, millions of people dying in this country alone from the crisis that is immediately ahead of us. So that's the bad news. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Okay, fine. That's Satan's plan. What are we going to do about it, people? Amen. We are going to do something about this. The Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. So we're going to deal with this absence of knowledge issue so that you will be equipped to, to be able to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil through the word of your testimony and through the blood of the Lamb and through the knowledge of the authority which the Lord has already given you. Look, all of this went down on our watch. And I'm speaking of the, the events of the last 50, 60 years. While the church was asleep, the pastors and the watchmen slumbered and, and the enemy crept in unaware. They set up shop for the Prince of Darkness right inside most churches and the majority of the people didn't even notice. Their discernment was dull by the compromise that had really encroached everybody's lives. And because sin and iniquity abounded, everybody got touched by the defilement. Everybody got touched by the compromise. Maybe a small remnant stayed absolutely pure to the Lord, but the vast majority of the people, we all fell away to varying degrees. Well, we're going to repent. We're going to turn back to God. Because what is ahead of us, it's, it, it is so severe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump over to the book of Acts. I want to read you guys just... Acts chapter 1, for those of you that are following at home. The Lord speaking to the disciples. And this was the, 40, this was the 40th day of the count of the Omer. The Lord died on, on the Holy Week, and he was raised from the dead on the Sunday morning following the Passover after, I mean, following the Sabbath after the Passover. All of Israel then counts seven Sabbath weeks, and the following Sunday is Shavuot, or Pentecost. That was the day that the Lord came down and visited Moses in the mountain. And now, following Jesus' resurrection, he appeared and ministered to the disciples and to his people for 40 days. And on the 40th day, the Lord was with them for just a few more minutes, and here's what he said. The disciples asked the Lord, after he told them, wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard from me, which you've heard of, of me. Jesus had been telling them, there's power coming. There's a promise coming. The latter rain is coming. An anointing is coming. The man-child company is coming. The Lord himself is coming. God's not leaving us alone down here to deal with this red dragon by ourselves. Jesus is coming this time. 
And the Lord told the disciples, For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And he, that was the, the former rain. And now in this generation and in this hour, what we're going to experience is the latter rain, and it is going to be greater. Matter of fact, in the lives of the anointed ones, it's going to be without measure. And it's not just the Holy Spirit, but through the Holy Spirit, the Lion of Judah is coming among us now. Hallelujah. And that's the reason there's going to be a remnant. And that's the reason why there will be those whom the Lord shall protect. When God showed me the judgment that's about to begin, brothers and sisters, I've been there. I've seen what's coming later this year. And, and I don't even know, I don't even want to describe it, but it was, the, it was the persecution of the church. And then the Lord said, I will protect that which is mine. So there are those that will be protected. And he was telling the disciples, the power is coming down. And then the disciples said to him, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? God, are you going to bring the kingdom back to Israel? Because Israel was in slavery, remember? The Romans had conquered the country. They'd been under tribute to Rome. They were being ruled by a foreign power. And, you know, their entire messianic model was the Messiah would come, throw off the Romans, and restore the Davidic kingdom, restore the sovereignty of God, restore the authority of the Almighty One, set the people free, return Israel to righteousness. And so the disciples were like, Lord, are you now going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has placed in his power, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you, then you'll be witness unto me, witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So here we are on the advent of the day of the Lord, on the beginning of the judgment that must come first in the house of God, before the rise of the Antichrist kingdom, before the great war of Ezekiel 38, and before the great exodus of the entire people of God back to the place of the wilderness, we are literally, it's not many weeks hence, maybe a few short months, before these events begin to come to pass. And here we are. Lord, are you ready to restore the kingdom to Israel? And the answer is yes. When the Lord comes as the Lion of Judah, the kingdom, the scepter will be returned to the King of Israel. When the 144,000 come, they will be ruling in the judgment. A king shall look down in righteousness and his princes shall rule in the judgment. The kingdom is about to be restored to Israel. The persecution of the church is only going to go as far as is necessary to cleanse us from our sin. So let me ask you, brothers and sisters, are you ready to repent? God's giving a final altar call. The Spirit of God's going to be speaking out and crying out and, and literally calling the people to total repentance. And are you ready to repent? Or must you, need you go to the repentance rehabilitation workshop to figure this out? If 
you need to go to the workshop, then the Lord's going to send you. It's a tough, I look at it as a retreat where you don't even have to pay. You go for free. Even the transportation's provided. You're not going to like it, though, because it's, the persecution is also sufficient to lead you to repent from the bottom of your heart in a level such as never has happened in your life. So how do we, how do we avoid the workshop? How do we take the study-at-home class, right? Because you can go to the actual Repentance Rehabilitation Workshop, which are the death camps of the Antichrist, and, and the people repent. And when they get cleaned, once they're fully cleansed, the Lord comforts them with the Holy Spirit, and, and the, the joy of the Lord is their strength as they're literally laying their lives down. And the heavens are opening, and Jesus is saying, come up here. And they receive the crown of glory for having not denied the Lord. And so, praise God, even the martyrs are going to be blessed. But all of us, for the sake of our families and our children, we would prefer not to go the hard way. So how do we do the study at home program? There's only one way to do the study at home program. You must fast and pray. And you must study Joel and learn what it means to gather in solemn assemblies, gather together in small little groups. It can be with your closest family probably would be a great thing to do if you have the courage to trust the Lord and finally completely speak the truth. Repent. Confess your sins one to another. Repent and forgive each other. Because this unforgiveness thing is a major stronghold which the enemy has been able to keep ground in our lives. And when we get into the spiritual warfare part of this teaching, you're going to learn the ground matters a lot. Spiritual warfare is a lot like warfare in the natural. You can have air superiority, but you'll never win the war until you take the ground back. The same thing happens in the spirit. We've got to take the ground. And in order to take back the ground, we have got to throw the enemy out. And in throwing the enemy out, we have to remove his legal right to occupancy. And that involves repentance, renunciation, and taking authority, declaring the covering of the blood of Jesus, canceling the authority of the curse, commanding the curse to be removed, declaring and speaking a blessing in its place, and then tell Satan to get packing. And we bind him and we cast him out. And we're going to get into a lot of detail about this. You know, brothers and sisters, if somebody broke into your house, you know, and literally came in while you were there thinking to rob you or, or to to steal from you or to kill you, and, and, and you successfully bound them, what would you do with them? Would you sit them in the corner? Would you put them at the empty chair at the tiny room table? You would cast them out. And we're going to learn how to do that because the Lord said these signs will follow those who believe. And, and where are those signs today? I'm going to go to the last chapter of Mark where, where the Lord testified unto us. And these were the last things that he said, as recorded in the Gospel of Mark. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. He that believes will be saved, and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be damned. And these signs will follow those that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And in every one of those acts, these power gifts that are the testimony of the presence of the Holy Spirit, it is our action, it is our stepping out in faith in the authority that Jesus has given us over all the power of the devil. He told us, I have given you authority over all of the power of the enemy. All of it. And yet we as Christians act like people who have no authority at all. Jesus had authority to do the things that he did. Do you realize that um, Jesus, when he called his 12 disciples together, he, he said, the scripture testifies, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. And when Jesus came and ministered among us, he operated by faith in God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the Lord told us, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. We're called to operate in the same authority. And, and in so doing, using divine commandments to fulfill and to, to provide evidence of the signs of the kingdom that Jesus is talking about at the end of Mark. These signs, this evidence will follow those who truly believe. And in my name they will cast out devils. In the name of Jesus you cast out the devil. They'll speak with new tongues, and it will be a true heavenly language and not some satanic counterfeit or somebody just babbling, pretending. And they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will actually recover. And I don't mean by dying and getting resurrected in the kingdom. Recover in this life. In order for those signs to be operating, we have to be cleansed. We have to be clean vessels. We can't be operating under compromise. And we also need to know our authority. Praise God. I was attacked violently by the satanic church in the United States approximately eight months ago in an attack that had involved years of planning and deception in which I was poisoned. And the purpose of which was to assassinate me. I was supposed to be dead. I'm not supposed to be here teaching you at this time. They wanted me gone. But the faithful prayers prayers of some Christian saints and the promises of the Word of God allowed me to recover. And I didn't die, or perhaps I died, but it... They killed me, but I didn't die. The Lord wouldn't let me leave. Thank you, Jesus. And when this first came down, I was subject to massive spiritual warfare on a national scale. Warfare beyond anything I've ever seen, and I've seen probably as intense as anyone. And I called my closest friends that were Christians, and I... I, told them, I, I, I desperately need you praying for me, and, and, and thank God some of them responded, and, and my life got saved. I didn't think I was going to make it for a while. 
That's what it's going to look like for a lot of us soon. But the Lord intervened. But I called one friend, and and this is a brother that I dearly love. I think the world of this man. He's an elder in his church, and he's someone that has become a very good friend of mine. And I just bless him and... and, um, can say no, I, I can only say good things about him. But at the time, I called him and I said, "Brother, you know, I'm under this big attack. You know, and could you please pray for me?" And he was totally honest with me. He said, "I, I don't, I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to pray." And I asked him for prayer. He didn't know what to pray. And I said, "I." don't understand. Aren't you an elder in your church? Yep. Yeah, he's an elder. An entire church of Christians that don't know how to pray in a warfare setting. I I didn't know what to do. And and since since that time, I had asked several other believers to pray, and and, and in a number of instances, it became very apparent to me the church has not been taught how to engage in spiritual warfare. Large numbers of people really don't know what to do. And so we're going to get into that. And and um, we're going to do more than one part, because I really want to equip you guys. But let me start out by saying there are two types of prayer. There is petitionary prayer, where we ask God, for his mercy, for his grace, for his intervention. And petitionary prayer is appropriate in many, many instances. If you're praying for someone and you're asking the Lord, please, Lord, touch them, open their eyes, forgive them. You're standing in the gap and asking God to forgive another person. Now, some Christians might question, well, wow, that's not even possible, Benjamin. Oh, yes, it is. Jesus said, I'm I'm sending you even as my Father sent me. Jesus prayed that the Father would forgive people who hadn't even repented. The ones that were crucifying him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Lord was literally standing in the gap that those sins would not be put upon those men. And so we can stand in the gap and we can ask the Father to intervene and we can ask for God to do a work and to touch our loved ones and and petitionary prayer has its place we can ask God to forgive our sins we can boldly come to the throne of grace and the Lord encourages us to come but there's another type of prayer that is mandatory in a battlefield situation when you're dealing with the enemy of God Jesus Christ came to destroy all the works of the devil that was his purpose. That was his mission. Satan had captured humanity in death, and the curse was bringing, sending everyone to hell, and the ministry of Jesus Christ was to destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus has called us to continue his mission, to destroy all the works of the devil. So we don't have to ask God, are we supposed to destroy the works of the devil? nor do we have to ask God to destroy the works of the devil for us. We have been given authority over all of the devils. And so when we're in a warfare prayer, when we're in a situation where we need to intercede, 
We don't always pray and ask God to do the work. If someone is violently ill, most Christians would respond by a petitionary prayer and asking God to heal that person. And that's good, but that's not necessarily good enough. In a warfare situation, it's not necessarily going to cut it, you guys. If someone's violently ill, they need you to take authority. You rise up in Jesus' name. You declare the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ over the situation, and you bind any spirit of infirmity, spirit of sickness. You take authority over it. You command it to be bound, and you cast it out in Jesus' name. And the breakthrough will occur. And, and sometimes in spiritual warfare, the breakthrough doesn't happen right away. Sometimes you have to stand. Sometimes this kind only comes out in prayer and fasting. One of the things that those who have been trained in, inside the spirit-filled churches in operating in spiritual authority, for much of the history of the American church, most of the prayer requests were of a nature that they could resolve in the first few minutes of prayer. A lot of times, answers were received, healings were received, miracles were received, and a lot of Christians got into the mindset of, well, I pray, and, and God moves, and I take authority, and and things happen. And then they run up into a case where it doesn't work like that. You know, Jesus was told, you know, Lord, we um, we can't heal this person we're, we're, we're unable the disciples literally tried to use their authority and they were unable to deliver a certain individual and so rather than declaring the affliction to be similar to the thorn given to Paul in the flesh which is sort of the typical response you get out of, out of most church prayer groups they pray for you and you don't get healed, then their comeback is, well, maybe it's the thorn in the flesh that you're supposed to carry, right? Okay, that's not faith. The only instance in Scripture in which a man was ever given a thorn was the Apostle Paul. It's not the general rule. And if something came from Satan, it's not a thorn in the flesh. It's something from the enemy. So the disciples took this person to Jesus, and they said, we can't heal him. And you guys remember the, the text. The Lord rebuked them for their unbelief. And then he said, nevertheless, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And what we are dealing with, brothers and sisters, the abyss is being opened because of the blood sacrifices of 70 million babies on our own soil on top of the satanic ritual murder of untold thousands of children who were ritually tortured and murdered. This blood has defiled the land and has allowed the demonic power to grow. The level of defilement on the ground is a function of the evil that has occurred there. I was on a missions trip to Bali, Indonesia, one of the most dark places of the planet. And at one point, the mission team, and we were all young adults, we were 
near the Nusadua Beach Hotel, and we, everybody on the group wanted to walk to this little peninsula, and I'm like, no, no, let's not go there. Of course, nobody's listening to Benjamin. Off they go. And I take off after my team, and we get out to this peninsula, and I start having hallucinations that I would equate to an LSD trip. And I realize we have walked onto horribly charged satanic ground. I grab the team and get them out of there, and, and, and we come back to normal. And it turns out that little peninsula that they wanted to go wander around on was the location for satanic worship and human sacrifice for generations in Bali. And a number of tourists, having wandered out there, have gone insane and returned back to America mentally ill. So that today the Balinesian government has put fencing around this, guarded by the military, so that nobody walks out there. We were able to walk out there and return because we were covered by the blood of Jesus. But there is ground that is defiled. And in a lot of times, you won't be able to discern it. You'll just feel like, I just can't quite break through in my prayer. And you won't know, you know, well, what exactly is the problem? It just it doesn't feel like I'm getting into the presence of the Lord. And a lot of Christians will just sort of ignore it and not really even deal with it, or they won't know what to deal with. When I moved to Idaho, and the Lord led me to my property, and, you know, it was awesome that the drive, when I actually moved here, it, there was rainbows after rainbows. After, it was nothing but rainbows. I drove for two days under a covering of rainbows the entire way. And when I finally got up on top of the hills and looking down into the valley where I, I live in, in central Idaho, and the end of the rainbow was right where, pretty much where my property was. And when I got there, within a week I got a card in the mail and had a beautiful rainbow, and, and a believer had, had sent me a note, you know, and praying that the Lord would guide you to your new home. And, you know, it was a confirmation that I was supposed to be here. And when I got here, I suddenly realized the land was totally defiled. I could not break through. It was horrible. And I lived on Indian land. And I don't know what sins and horrible things have gone on centuries past on this ground, but this ground was severely defiled. And, and of course, Satan's right there. Oh, the problem's you, Benjamin. You know, And that's what happens when, the, when you are in a situation where there's hindrance the enemy's going to instantly throw the darts at you. Well, the problem's you. Well, no, it, the problem was the ground. And sometimes the problem's the atmosphere. And sometimes the problem is the people that the enemy sent to associate with you are hindering you. And sometimes it's the witchcraft coming at you. And sometimes the problem is you. If you've got a sin you need to repent of. Well, repent and get it dealt with and release it to the, at the cross of it turn but when we're dealing with the ground you guys we have to stand in the gap i built a little guest house that has a prayer loft and and i went in my prayer loft daily and prayed for hours i pled the blood of jesus i repented of the sins that had preceded my 
ownership of this land. I pled the blood of Jesus over the murders and over the warfare and the slavery and all of the evil that had gone down. As the Spirit began to give me insight or discernment. And so I would repent of the sins, as well as generational sins in my bloodline, as well as any sins I could think of that would come to mind in myself. And I spent literally months in a repentance mode. And as I would repent of these sins, I would repent of the sins of the murders and the Indian wars that went on and the blood that was spilled on my land. And then I would declare those sins covered by the blood of Jesus. And then I would declare the curses that had come now illegal, and I would command those curses to be removed in the power of Jesus' name. And in the place of the curse, I would declare the blessing of the Lord, that the blessing of the name of Jesus, the blessing of the holiness and the righteousness of God would come in the place where once there was a curse. And then I would walk a bloodline. I would walk my property line, praying, my hands raised, and and the whole time singing and declaring the, the authority of the Lord and declaring the covering of the blood of Jesus and consecrating the, the land, consecrating the property to the Lord, declaring, Lord, this is your home. This is your real estate. This is your refuge. And I'm merely a caretaker here, Lord. This is yours to do with as you please. And because it's been consecrated unto the Lord, then all of Satan's curses and all of his hindrance must be bound and cast out in the authority of Jesus' name. And we continue until it's done. And you guys, I prayed for maybe four years like this. And it gradually began to lift. And then into the atmosphere above, I would declare the authority of Jesus, and I would bind all hindering spirits, and I would command them to move out of the way, that the third heaven would be clear over my mind, that I could receive the word of God, that the angels would come back and forth with the revelation and the instructions from heaven. As you move that covering out of the way, now you can receive the Holy Spirit begin to enter into the presence of the Lord. And this went on, and I mean, I battled and battled and fasted and prayed, and battled and battled and fasted and prayed, and, and finally, about uh, 2012, I could tell it was done, or at least it was done enough that my prayer loft now, you guys, oh, thank you, Jesus. You fast and pray in a location for a decade or more. You take the authority of Jesus and you break the curses and you command the curses to be removed. You repent of the sins. You remit the sins in Jesus' name, and you command those curses to be lifted, and you declare the blessing of the Lord, and you consecrate the land of the Lord. And the blessings begin to come, and the freedom begins to come. And now, today, if I go to, over to a neighbor's house, and a lot of my neighbors are Christians, and... One of them, the husband, was very ill, and they asked me to please come and, and pray. And I went over to their house, and it was just, it was just like, oh, I'm trying to pray, and it's like, oh man, I'm in, I feel like I'm just in mud, and ah. Uh, and then I get back to my house, ah, totally different environment. They never bothered to break the curses. They never bothered to repent over the land. They never bothered to remove the curses and and remit the sins. They just didn't know declare all of it covered under the under the blood of Jesus, all of that wickedness and all that that had been compromised to Satan was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. 
under the power and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, right there, just changing the ground will change everything. Learning to change the atmosphere. So, you, you know, you guys that are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. When all of a sudden you can't enter in, it's either the ground or it's the, it's the hindrance from warfare or it's in the atmosphere over you or, or other, and the Lord will reveal. But we deal with those things in the power of Jesus' name. And we take authority. We don't ask for permission we execute the judgment written. This honor have all of his saints to execute the judgment written. The Lord has already declared judgment over the kingdom of Satan. We, we don't need to check in with God to throw Satan out. That is the will of the Lord. And so that's part of it. Now, another part of spiritual warfare is to go through your house. If you've never done this, you go through your house with your wife or, or other family members. And you take anointing oil and you go and, and you pray in each room and stand in the corners and, and pray and, and cleanse according to the model I've already explained and then worship the Lord and then declare the, the room sanctified and dedicated to the Lord and then anoint the doors and bind and cast out any demonic powers because they, for whatever reason, they like to attach to the doorways. Anoint the doors, anoint the windows, and go through the whole house. And as you're going through the house, ask the Lord to reveal if there are any unclean articles, any unclean books. And he will. And if there's a doubt, you throw it out. I don't really know, Benjamin. I kind of got this rock and roll album. Uh, and I really like it. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? That band is um, satanic and... That music was dedicated to Satan, and there's a curse on that article, and you cannot cleanse those articles. They have to be destroyed. Burn them in the fire, smash them in pieces, throw them in the trash, take them outside. When you identify them, you go through your house and you find books on false religious doctrines, you find satanically charged articles, you find little idols, you find whatever. And you know it just doesn't feel right. You take that stuff, even if you can't destroy it that night, you get it outside the door. You do not leave it in your house overnight. You repent of it. You rebuke it. You renounce it. You reject it. And you declare its power over you, null and void. You sever any ungodly soul tie that may have been created by any agreement, including the agreement of buying it and bringing it into your house. You should not be buying anything without first praying and asking the Lord, is this something I should purchase, Lord? Should I bring this home to my house? Now, most of us don't do this. I told my guy, a um, friend of mine, used to be a friend of mine, Shannon went down to Bali, and I told him, bro, you've got to do this. And, of course, you know, like all of us, he learned the hard way that that was no joke. It's the same for us. Got to do these things. Got to cleanse our houses. And if you're still battling, if there's still hindrance, then it could be that there's direct warfare, in which case we confront it. If you're under direct warfare, if you are a targeted individual, and a targeted individual is someone of extreme, um, someone who's a big problem for the kingdom of Satan. You know, for example, 
I'm a targeted individual. They want to shut me up, if at all possible. And and there are others who are targeted individuals. And, and those people have even more aggressive warfare done against them. And so we have to pray. And, and you can pray like this as well, because in, in the end, we're all going to get targeted, you guys. It's just a question of where you are on the list, okay? You know, the guns will come to you. They will come to your house. There's nobody getting a pass on this. So you're going to learn how to fight. You're going to learn how to war in the spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're spiritual. To the tearing down of fortresses and the tearing down of strongholds. But, you know, a, a great thing to do when you pray at the beginning of each day, and trust me, you really want to start every day in prayer. And if you're too busy, get up early. Every day gets covered in prayer before you even begin, before you even go out. One of the things we do, and you know, when we come in Jesus' name, we boldly come into the throne room of Father God in Jesus' name, and, and we enter his gates with thanksgiving, we enter his courts with praise, and we worship the Lord who was so glorious and gracious to grant unto us eternal life and knowledge of these holy things, and to know the Lord and to know Father God while the whole world is being swept up by Satan and literally dragged into the abyss, a small remnant has been ordained unto eternal life. And, and those of us who know the Lord, we are that remnant. So we start with thanking the Lord and blessing Him. And then we pray for our families. We pray protection and covering. We plead the blood of Jesus we ask for angels to be assigned. We pray the hedge of protection to be increased and strengthened. And we also take specific direct action against the devices of the evil one. We stand in the gap for our beloved, for our friends, for our family, for whoever we're praying for. And we cancel the satanic assignments that have been organized against them that day. We plead the blood of Jesus over them and we break off every satanic assignment. We cut it. We break it. And I, I like to slam my hands. And I'll even stand and use the sword. Because these weapons are actually real. And declare with authority the power and the authority of the name of Jesus as I cancel the satanic assignments over my family, over my friends, over whatever I'm praying. And if you're dealing with a targeted individual, you could also cancel the witchcraft because they are blasting. They're firing Every day they shoot. Darts are coming. Warfare is coming. Psychotronic weapons are being used. We are being attacked on multiple levels, my friends. It's a full-on war against the church. It's not just an economic shutdown. It's a war. And so we need to respond in kind. And so we stand in the gap. And we cancel the witchcraft. We bind and cast to the ground every word curse spoken against us. We bind them in Jesus' name, and we throw them down. They will have no power, no effect. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the word of God and the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And we come against all that they would throw at us. And we pray that our minds would be kept in perfect peace, we pray that the Lord would search our hearts, and if there's anything we need to repent of, he would convict us and lead us to total repentance. And then we pray. We stand in the gap for our friends. 
We lift up the people we're praying for. And, you know, we stand in the gap and we lift up Brother Matthew Murray, who's fighting with this virus right now. And we say, Lord God Almighty, we're bringing before you, Brother Matthew. We stand in the gap, Lord, and we declare the covering of the blood of Jesus. And we take authority over the spirit of infirmity. We take authority over all the works of Satan. And we bind them right now. And we take authority and cast them out of Brother Matthew's life. In the power of Jesus' name. And we release healing. We declare the power of the name of Jesus to heal. And we speak to his cells. And we command the cells to begin absorbing more and more oxygen. And we come against the viruses, and we come against anything that's defiling, anything that the enemy sent to harm our brother. We come against it now in Jesus' name. We take authority over it. We bind it. We command it to be powerless. We command it to stop multiplying, and we strengthen his immune system. We speak healing to the immune system of Brother Matthew Murray. We pray for healing. We pray for rapid restoration. Lord, we speak blessing over Brother Matthew. We we speak strength and peace and faith and hope and joy and love in Jesus' name. And you keep going. You pray down your prayer list and whatever you feel led to pray, but you cancel the assignments of the enemy. You take authority over the works of darkness. You bind them, you cast them out in Jesus' name. And, you know, brothers and sisters, if we would all get aggressive and step up in the battle, we could turn the tide in our lives, in our families, for those that we're standing in the gap for. And understand, because of this, the severity of this hour, there must be fasting added to our prayers. This kind is only going to really move with fasting and prayer. But I, I just find it fascinating that Jesus had said to the disciples, It's not for you to know the times. And this was the last thing the Lord said was the testimony in Mark where he said the signs will follow you. And in Acts, part of his final testimony was recorded that it was not for the disciples to know the times. Well, brothers and sisters, it has been given unto us to know the time and the seasons. We are in the 70th year of America Babylon. The takeover of the world by the Antichrist has begun. And it began on the first days of the Chaldean calendar. And they're not going to back off. This is going to continue through the summer. They are literally disrupting the food supply right now so that there'll be a pretext for, for crisis in the cities. That'll be the justification for martial law, and that'll be the window during which then the power outages occur. And then persecution will come and we need to be fully prayed up by that when jesus spoke these words to the disciples it was the 40th day of the omer that would constitute may 20th roughly the final count to may 30 the next day pentecost after jesus told them you are to wait in jerusalem For the promise. We, too, are to wait before the throne of God for the promise in this time. And those final ten days, after the Lord was taken up into heaven, 
the disciples gathered in the upper room, and they were of one accord. They were not arguing about the Hebrew roots. They were not arguing about the Noahide laws. They weren't debating each other and whether there's a real virus or is it just 5G. And Benjamin, how do we know? And, you know, first of all, yeah, there's a virus. And, yeah, 5G is a weapon. Everything's been weaponized against you now. But the earth is not flat, and who cares? If you want to go back to the science of the Dark Ages, that's your business. But it's not an issue relevant to the, to the church of God waiting upon the Lord for his deliverance. You guys need to forget all this nonsense. This is all a disinformation campaign to keep us you know, wound up about nothing. In reality, you could turn off the news now. You already know what's coming. We need to be in our prayer closet and breaking through in the spirit. We need to be the people who are in that small upper room when the power from on high comes. Because, you know, brothers and sisters, if you stop and think for a minute, okay? And, Frank, do I have a few more minutes? Am I, am I yeah, okay? You got, I mean, you know, I know we went 20, a little over. and You got 20 minutes. Okay, great. You guys, let me try. Lord, help me to articulate this in a way that people could understand. When Jesus spoke these words almost 2,000 years ago, they were fulfilled literally within 10 days. The power came. The Lord gave these final instructions to his people, and then he was taken from them. He ascended in the clouds, and he, he literally, the clouds covered him, and, and the disciples, you know, they, they couldn't stop looking up, and then the angels appeared and said, you know, men of Galilee, what are you doing? The Holy One, right? The Holy One is going to return even yeah, while they looked up, two men stood by them in white apparel and said, You men of Galilee, why stand here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. And we know that the Lord will come at the very last day. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens. And the very last day, with the, the sound of the trumpet, the Lord will literally all of the witnesses from heaven he will come again in the clouds and the remnant we that are still alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds and he will go on to Jerusalem and he will land in, on the Mount of Olives the exact place where he departed from the earth when he spoke these words but at the same time we also know from the scriptures and if you don't understand go back and and do the research. Go find the YouTubes on the seven-year ministry of Jesus. But those of us who've been paying attention and, and can remember the message, we know from the scriptures that the Lord has a seven-year ministry in the earth. And he's coming again as the Lion of Judah in his people. And I don't know if the anointing without measure is going to be poured out this Pentecost, but I do know the persecution of the church and the blood of the saints is going to be poured out in a not-too-distant summer and may well be the one dead ahead of us. So we need to gather together in this time. I would admonish all who have ears to hear that 
we should be planning, you should be planning to gather in solemn assemblies. And I mean small groups. People who are serious do not have any mixed multitudes in the group. They will hold back the anointing. The mixed multitude cannot enter in. You need to prayerfully seek the Lord on who to invite in your little upper room group to gather in prayer and fasting. And for that final ten days of the count of the Omer, many, many of us are going to be fasting and waiting on the Lord because our lives depend on it. And we'll be looking for the breakthrough because these words are going to be fulfilled again. Only this time the Lord's coming down in power. Just like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, so too an anointing without measure is coming again. It's called the latter rain. And it would be my expectation it very well could come during the time of Pentecost. I know absolutely, given the lateness and the severity of the hour that we are in, we should all be taking advantage of these last days of the count of the Omer. And the Omer, again, it's that seven weeks from the Sabbath following Passover to the Sabbath before Pentecost. And we've got basically 30 days left. We've got a month. And we've got Pentecost on the 31st. And the, the final 10 days begins on the 20th. Now, you guys, there's, there's some pretty good news. Because there's signs that are about to appear in the heavens. There's a comet called Atlas, and it's about to light up the sky in the early morning. It's going to be very visible. It's going to be awesome and ominous by the end of the month. There's another comet coming through. And this one is literally going to hit Satan in the head. It's as if the Lord threw a stone or put a stone in his sling and flinged it out like King David, striking Goliath in the forehead. So, too, this rock which God has thrown from heaven is going to race across the heavens in the next 30 days, and it's going to cut the band tying the two fish to the sea beast. And, uh, those of you that are familiar with the constellation, the Maseroth, the, the sign of the gospel that is in the stars, this rock that God is throwing is going to sever the rope or the tie that is binding the two fish, the two houses of God, Jew and Gentile, that are bound in the flesh. We're in captivity to the flesh right now. And we're going to be set free, and that rope is being cut in the next two weeks. And then on the 20th, that stone, that comet, is going to hit the head of the woman Medusa, which has been cut off by the rescuer, the constellation Perseus, whose name means the deliverer or the great rescuer, and he's cutting off the head of Babylon, the head of that wicked woman, Medusa the witch, whose hair is all serpents. He has cut off her head, and the very center of her forehead is the star Al-Gol, which means it interprets the ghoul, the star of the ghoul, the star of the devil. It's the devil star. This comet, this rock, is going to hit the head of Medusa in the center of the forehead, right in that star, on the 20th day of May, as we begin the final 10-day countdown into the day of Pentecost. And then the comet goes on to the next constellation, and it literally represents, well, let's just say, it's going to cut 
the pillars that hold up the canopy of heaven, and it's going to bring the house down. So the day of the Lord is really here, and it is for us to know the times. Now, I sat there for two years pounding the table. It's going to be the 70th year of Babylon. It's repeated. The 70 years are going to repeat. And in, in the case of end-time America, after studying carefully, I realized the ni- year 1950 was the, the first year of the Chaldean reign, and 2020 would be the, the beginning of the 70th year of their rule. And their calendar begins on the first day of spree, spring, and, and so I'd been pounding the the table that something big would happen on March 22nd, and, and of the, the irony of it all, I didn't really recognize what actually happened until looking back and going, wait a minute, that was the day they locked down the whole world. Okay, that was the day they set in motion this ritual to give birth to the New World Order, which they intend to complete within one year's time. So this Pentecost, this summer, and these high holy days in the fall, these are the most important times of your life. I'm going to hopefully be able to teach a part two, and we'll get into far more detail in spiritual warfare. Um, There's a book called Reclaiming Spiritual Ground um, that I, I could recommend. Derek Prince also has some great teachings on spiritual warfare. If you guys are you know, looking for further information, and um, I will try to bring forth you know, as much as I can uh, share with you from my my experience, which and I learned in actual combat, and and I've read and, and studied from from Brother Derek, and 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 I've read and studied a number of other books, and you know, it comes down to taking authority. It's using the power of declaratory prayer, declaring things that you already know are the will of God. You shall declare a thing, and it shall be established. And then lastly, the power of fasting and prayer. If you are not going to fast and pray in this time, I pity you. And, and I know believers that feel like, you know, they can, you know, they've, they've rationalized to themselves that they can't fast and pray. They, they think they're too thin. There's, get Dr. Furman's book, Fasting and Eating for Health. Dr. Joel Furman, he totally debunks that. That's scientifically false. You can do a Daniel fast. You can do a water fast. Actually, it'll still detox you as well. Um, you don't have to fast 40 days to fast and pray. You can fast a single day, and we fast from sundown to sundown. You know, for a number of us are fasting every Thursday. So Wednesday night, sundown, we go to water. Don't eat again until until Thursday night, or or as the Lord directs, continue the fast. But during this coming ten final days, when the disciples gathered in the upper room, I don't know if the the scripture confirms, but I would I would think that they were fasting during that final ten days. That would certainly be appropriate. Whether or not they were, we will. We should. I would encourage you greatly. Um, and seriously, Dr. Joel Furman's book on fasting and eating for health uh, will explain to you the amazing medical miracles that occur in your body when you learn to fast 
and, and pray with wisdom. And it also clears your mind, and it removes the fog out of your frontal lobe, so it's far easier to hear from the Lord. So, anyway, that's uh, that's all I got um, today, Frank. I, I hope that was helpful. Amen. Amen. And I think the only thing, the problem is, Benjamin, with a lot of believers, is the only authority they know of in prayer is the authority to claim a new Mercedes. Or, you know, and the, unfortunately, folks, the name it and claim it um, that we popularly hear is not the same thing Benjamin was talking about tonight. It's a different type. We're talking about claiming the will of God, not the will of the flesh. And the will of God Thanks. is freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from, from, from the torment of the enemy. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you won't get persecuted. It doesn't mean that. But God calls us, even in the midst of the fire, to have peace. And you've got to come against that. And thank you, Benjamin, for clearing that up, because there is a total different name it and claim it. And, well, I wouldn't, if I was you, advise attending their services. So thank you, Benjamin, for sharing tonight. Uh, God bless you. Folks, we will have a part two of this. I don't know if it's going to be next week, maybe next few weeks, but uh, the last final ten days of the – Benjamin, what is the start date on that? Uh, May 20th. Through May, May 30th and the next day is Pentecost. Pardon me? Yeah, what's the ten, day, the ten days before that, prior to – or what is the 10 the days? Ten, the, the final 10 days when the disciples were in the upper room would yes. begin on um, the evening of May 20, I think, and would run for then 10 consecutive days through May 30th, and then um, the next day is Pentecost. And Amen. I guarantee you, if you guys fast and pray for those 10 days, you turn off all the news, turn off all the Internet, turn off all the fear porn from all these fake watchmen that Satan sent to deceive you, and just press in in prayer, the word and a solemn assembly, confessing your sins one to another and praying for each other for ten straight days, you will have an awesome, awesome visitation of God on Pentecost. Amen. Folks, in ten days, they fast, I, I don't, like Benjamin said, it, it doesn't say in the scripture, but Jesus did say that there will come a day when the when the bridegroom will be taken away, and then they shall fast. I, it doesn't say it, so it's hard, you can't speculate it, but it just seems like that was the pattern. And in 10 days, they turned the world after that upside down on their feet. In 30 years, they took the gospel around the world. In only 10 days, and some people have been for 50 years trying to find breakthrough what would happen if you sought the lord with all of your heart for 10 days straight like the first early church the bible says to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints god didn't ask us to contend for that faith if that faith was not possible to have that would be ridiculous for god to ask you to do something that was impossible and therefore it is possible to have the faith that was once delivered to the saints and god said he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and if you read the book of jude the reason he says to contend for that faith is because that there were deceivers who were coming into the church to lead people astray and your protection against that distraction and those wolves were to contend for the faith and that word means to strive so if you don't think go read it look it up in the original language god wants you to seek hard after him Benjamin, thank you so much for tonight's show. 
God bless you. God bless every uh, one listening to the Remnant Call. Folks, it's not going to be much longer one day. I hope we can have a Remnant Call gathering around the Sea of Glass as we are eating from the Tree of Life, rejoicing in the good things that God has done together. With that, this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.